Why, why, why do I keep going back to these same old relationships? Or why can't I break free from him? You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power, tap into the truth of who you are, and live your best life now. These are the questions many abused individuals ask themselves, and even when they get out of the relationship, then they find themselves gravitating toward the same type of individual, another abusive relationship, another toxicity, another individual ignoring them, not being seen in the relationship, positions or feelings being ignored or belittled. Somebody said to me the other day, it's almost like I have an addiction It's like being addicted to something. And that's exactly what the trauma bond dynamic is like. It's imprinted our brain with this for every ounce of pleasure, there's a pound of pain dynamic where we don't know when we're going to get the reward of the feeling of being loved that we've been chasing almost all our lives or when we're going to get that same abuse again. And the thing that keeps us there is that imagine an experiment with a monkey. This monkey begins to know that if it pushes a certain button, it gets a reward. So now the monkey gets conditioned to pushing that button and getting a reward. Now, the other dynamic is the experimenter begins to just intermittently give the monkey a reward when it pushes that button. So what's the monkey going to do? Hey, well, it used to come out every time I push this button. So what's the monkey going to do? Keep going back and pushing that button, knowing that at some point its reward is coming out of there. That's what it's like. The operant conditioning aspect where we are just living for the reward that is like the abuser is or the narcissist is moving the goalpost, so to speak. And we're just steady trying to figure out, get some equilibrium, what's going to keep this joker from whooping my behind or what's going to keep this narcissist from from rejecting me or what's going to get him to love me. And we know that we're doing this dance. We're walking around on eggshells. So we don't know what it is, but the, the thing that keeps us hooked is the intermittency. We don't know when we're going to get that reward, but our brains are wanting that reward. We take the abuse, the neglect, the being ignored, and then we finally get that 
result where, oh, baby, I'm sorry, and then the honeymoon fades, and then next thing you know, he's back whooping you behind again, or if it's a narcissist, he gets into a place where he's acknowledging you as a human being and honoring you for an intermittent minute with a narcissist, only because it's going to mean something for him, but you're drinking it up, drinking it up. Go back to my video, which I'll put right here. And the one about the dumpster dive relationships, because that backs up what I'm saying here. So I wanted to take a deep dive into this dynamic of being addicted to our abusers. Operant conditioning is a learning method in which a specific behavior is associated with either a positive or negative consequence. This form of learning links voluntary action with receiving either a reward or punishment, often to strengthen or weaken those voluntary behaviors. So going back to the example of the monkey in the experiment, knowing that he can voluntarily of his own fruition hit that button and get the reward is operant conditioning. That's an example of operant conditioning. And with us, we are tying the past to our current lives whenever we get caught up in that i explained it once as the big rubber band in your back but i use this as an example of what happens when we're triggered when we get triggered that it's almost like there's a big rubber band in our back that's attached to the traumatic event in the past and when we get triggered it's like that rubber band snatches us all the way back into the past and we react to our current lives and our current situations as if we were back there in the past being traumatized. So this is similar in that it's our brains that are keeping us stuck in the past. On some level, there's some kind of complicated trying to change the past kind of thing that's going on in our heads where we are faintly tied to the past in the current relationship and where we didn't get that validation that affirmation as we were growing up maybe we were traumatized as children that we are seeking to rectify that in our current lives so that in one other video I talked about holding unsuspecting others in our lives responsible for making up to us from the past. It, this kind of situation where we keep going back to those relationships, those bad, toxic relationships, it's almost like it's a Groundhog's Day thing. If you haven't seen that movie Groundhog's Day, the guy kept waking up in the same day over and over again. And he was going to keep waking up in the same day over and over again until he got it right until he made the right decisions. So we're caught up in this traumatized Groundhog's Day dynamic in our brains where every time we choose an individual, it's generally going to be number one, an individual who treats us the way we were treated in the past. And number two, we're going to constantly be gaslighting ourselves, trying to convince ourselves that this is going to get better. And it never does. And then we 
are still in this traumatized brain living for that moment, those rare moments where we are feeling loved and cared for in the relationship. It's all a freaking smokescreen, though. It's a fantasy waiting to happen. We're not really being loved, but in our brains, we create this false reality. If you ever looked at the Star Wars episodes, not Star Wars, it's um the one with William Shatner, Star Trek, and they have this thing on the ship called the holodecks. So I guess that makes good sense because you, you do need to take a holiday, need to take a break from your job. But what are you stuck up there in the cosmos? Where are you going to go? So they create these holodecks. And you can go on to the holodeck. I guess you can pro program it to be whatever reality you want. And once you go through those holodeck doors, you are in that reality. It's all a computerized facade, though it's a facade, but you feel like it's very real because you are getting relaxed. You're on a Hawaiian beach or whatever the heck you want to do, climbing the house, whatever you want, this holodeck experience will bring that. But, but when you come back through those doors, you're still on the same darn ship. It's the same ship. And that's what we're doing in these relationships. We are on the same ship. We have not left the enterprise, but we have built up in our mind this false reality that at some point, I guess, could have kept helped us to cope with the situation when we were growing up. Maybe it helped us to cope in those situations. But once we grow up, that stuff is maladaptive and we cannot seem to pull ourselves out of this addictive condition state where we are just going to keep pushing that same button because we know at some point we're going to get the reward. It's the human condition to want to latch on to anything that makes us feel good. But what's going on with this trauma dynamic is that we think that we have to take that pain in order to feel good. We have in our brains connected the negative experiences, the pain, the trauma to getting that feel good. What Like in drugs, it's whatever drug of choice you have and you see what it's doing to you. But the feeling you get from the drug is more important to you than the consequences it perpetuates. And the way operant conditioning plays in here is that we begin to think that the pain is a necessary evil in order to reach the feel good. Could have been ingrained from childhood, but that's what's behind this whole traumatic groundhogs day thing we think that we are never gonna feel the love unless it's preceded by the pain that's how we've been conditioned now let's talk about the second dynamic that's involved in this cycle intermittent reinforcement intermittent reinforcement is the delivery of a reward at 
irregular intervals, a method that has been determined to yield the greatest effort from the subject. The greatest effort from the subject. You are the subject in this. And what that tells me is you the only one working so hard in this go nowhere relationship. You're putting forth all of the freaking effort to try to keep equilibrium. You're the one that's always walking around on eggshells. You're the one who never knows where there's going to be a slap or a kiss. Let's move on. The subject does not receive a reward each time they perform a desired behavior or according to any regular schedule, but at seemingly random intervals. Now, the takeaway here is to understand that this is a deep psychological entrenchment and it's not going to be easy or painless to break this type of cycle in your life. So if you're in a situation where I don't know, let's say that you're a mother raising kids and your husband has got you in this position. You want to make sure that you employ the proper planning before you move out of that situation. Now, that planning should first and foremost get the help of a mental health professional so that they begin to help you to understand what's going on inside you and to know and to give you tools in order to know how to break that connection to the past because this thing can happen to you. Maybe you were trauma bonded to your parents. Maybe you were trauma bonded in your caregiver child relationship in which there's a lifetime of this mess going on that needs to be de dis disentangled from your, your psyche. Uh, there's a lot of different situations where we get into these types of relationships. This is not blame the victim here. This is for you to understand that, yes, this is similar to having some kind of a, an addiction. We know that when we're addicted to things, alcohol, drugs, one of the main motivations for continuing to take to take these drugs, regardless of how our lives are, regardless of how our lives are falling apart around us, is seeking that same high over and over again. And just like with addictions, we have to go through a withdrawal period that's also required when you got these trauma bonds going on. So just like when we're in an addiction, we have to go through some type of withdrawal to break away from these trauma bonded relationships. The most important thing you can do, as I said, is to get a good therapist so that you can begin to work through the psychological repercussions as you are even still in this relationship. Now, I understand that there are situations where the two people in this type of a psychosis together, that you can work together if both parties want to acknowledge that that's what's going on and both parties want to get the help needed to break that cycle within that relationship. I understand from my research that that's a possibility.
But if the other person is not willing to work toward this, if the other person is narcissistic and never going to admit to their wrong, if the other person is an abuser and your life is in danger, then you might want to get the help of a psychotherapist to start walking you through this withdrawal process so that you become strong enough to make a decision as to whether you're going to stay or not. But that decision would have to be made from a position of empowerment instead of the disempowerment of the victim position in the matter. Just know that it's going to be a withdrawal process. It's not going to be easy. Now, if you are already out of a relationship with somebody with whom you're trauma bonded, say you were married to a narcissist for years and uh, say you got kids and you still have to be in some kind of touch with this person, then you might want to draw some boundaries there with yourself where you can see the drama coming, whether it's that text or that phone call or some message they send you through through the kids. You can see that coming and understand, oh my goodness, I've been through this before. You're in a position where you can decide I'm not going to even go there with this knucklehead again. Okay? And if you are ready to start dating again, you need to understand the dynamics of this psychosis so that you can know when you are getting ready to slip back into a pattern with somebody that's not going to honor your values or honor and respect you. And then you need to be prepared for the fact that when you do get healed enough, where you are ready to date again, it's going to feel like a whole different party. And you don't want to self-sabotage that. So it's going to be whole new ground for you. And you might feel like a fish out of water. Because this might be the first time you are ever in a healthy relationship with a well-adjusted individual who truly cares about you. It'll be a great feeling once you get over to, wait a minute, whoa, what's going on here? Because <laughs> you're going to go through that, all right? So I just wanted to bring that up when, when, when the person I was talking to last week said, wow, it kind of feels like an addiction. I said, oh, my goodness, let me look this up. Let me kind of deal with this because I've been wanting to kind of deal with the trauma bond dynamic for a while. And, you know, as I think about it, As I think about it, I've been on a healing journey for eight freaking years since I broke up with the narcissist, right? And then every relationship before that was always some knucklehead that wasn't available, some kind of crap going on. You know, I'm not going to go into story time again on that crap. Y'all done heard that mess already ad nauseum. But I'm beginning to feel like maybe I'm ready to maybe go out and have some fun. Who knows? Maybe I'll come out of this shell of a house I've been kind of holed up in for eight years or more and get on out there and start having fun. But now that I done told y'all, what y'all problem is, it's like, okay, you can't be messing up again, Linda. You better make sure you take your own advice here. Stay tuned for that because, you know, that hadn't happened yet, so just, like I said, stay tuned. Anyway, 
that's just the trauma bond thing. So what I think that I want to do, because I don't want to leave everybody hanging, you know, I want you to go to my five day love of your life challenge. I put the link below and that's going to take you through, through five days of five exercises and five short one, two minute videos that are going to help you to lay the roadmap for the relationship that you want to have. It's going to empower you to understand yourself better and to draw certain boundaries where you don't get into a relationship when you put your heart into it to get it broken again. But you're going to know what to look for so that you don't waste your time and put your heart into another go nowhere relationship. Because as I said, every minute you waste in a go nowhere relationship is a minute stolen from living the love of your life and the five day love of your life challenge will get you there. Meanwhile, I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. Always remember your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Know that truth. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lindafwilliams.com. That's lindafwilliams.com.